0: Do you want to hear about great work happening in schools around the world? Just schools are life-giving places that address feedback, engagement, and well-being for each student. Dr. John Eckert digs deep into the current educational landscape with research, experience, and a good dose of humor and humility. Join us in the desire to do justice, love kindness, and walk with confident humility. Get inspired with stories of improvement in the profession that makes all others possible. Today, I'm excited for you to hear from my friend, David Robinson, who is a first year head of school who took some time out to talk to us. And I just want you to listen for the heart he has for educators and for students. And that even before he took this role, he was with us in Texas planning for the work that he's moved to in Maryland. And he was thinking about the healing and the renewal that he knew his educators and students would need. So I hope you really enjoy the confident humility that David Robinson displays in this conversation i'm excited to be here today with good friend david robinson who is a first year head at washington christian academy in maryland got to know david while he was in texas and loved the work he was doing at grace community school and then he had this opportunity to go to washington christian and i've been excited to see him as he leads in this way and We had the unique privilege of just before he was moving from Texas to spend a couple days at last year's Baylor Center for School Leadership Academy. We'll be doing another one this summer that'll begin in June as the Just Schools Academy. And David sat and worked through our adaptive challenge tools with other people, but largely on his own because he was the only representative. From Washington Christian at the time. So we got to see what he was hoping and dreaming for and trying to ground in the reality of the work a couple days before he moved. And so we've had a chance to catch up a few times and talk and email and text between that time in June and now. But I was excited to talk to him mid-year as he's now well established as the head of school at Washington Christian Academy. So what's it been like being a first year head of school and what lessons would you have you taken away? Maybe even going back to what we talked about in June, but what have you learned as you've actually been the head of school? So, David, it's all yours.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, John, thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be able to sit down and visit with you a little bit. Uh, and uh, also congratulations on the book. Uh, oh, thank I you. enjoyed it. it. It's great. And so uh, for, I'm going to plug for you because you won't do it yourself. <laughs> but, uh, uh, educators, school leaders, um, if you have not had an opportunity to pick up Just Teaching yet, I would encourage you to do so. It's very practical, very accessible, and they're going to be uh, immediate takeaways for you as a leader and for your faculty and staff as well. So, again, thank you, John. Like I said, I'm excited to be here. And so uh, what am I learning in my first year as a head of school? Well, a lot is the is the short answer. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you you really don't have an idea until you sit in the seat. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be around and have the opportunity to get to know uh, a few heads of schools that I respect and and think they do their jobs well. And that was one of the things that was a consistent theme with all of them is just that you 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 have to sit in the seat and start to figure it out. Uh, but from a, a very practical standpoint, I think the the biggest thing, and it's going to sound like a cliche, uh, but the biggest thing that I'm learning is the importance of culture. And i mm-hmm. had I had the privilege of uh, the last couple schools that uh, I've I've worked at. I had the privilege of being in schools that had really strong, healthy cultures, and so getting a glimpse of what that looks like and the importance of it. Uh, and so that's something that uh, I hope to continue to build on and carry into my work here at uh, Washington Christian Academy. Um, but, yeah, so that importance of culture would be a big thing. Uh, and I would say connected to that is how important it is to get the personnel right. Mm. Just making sure that. Yeah. That the, the people that are a part of your school, the educators that are in the classrooms, that they are a fit for the mission of the school and what it is that you're looking to accomplish
0: uh, as a school and as you impact uh, the lives of students no that's that's such a good word the culture obviously matters and you have the advantage and disadvantage of being new to the culture Mm. where you can be an outside observer at first and now you're one of the main drivers of culture this weekend we had a culture of joy event and one of our leaders uh, herb cox was sharing that culture is being formed whether you're a part of it or not Mm. and so this idea that you now get to step into that and lead in ways that hopefully build culture get the right people into the organization and move it as you grow in this way that becomes this virtuous cycle of culture development well, rather than the vicious cycle of when things start to fall apart they they accelerate because of that you want the virtuous end of that so i'm curious based on i don't even know if you remember if you even have any of the adaptive challenge stuff that we did in june uh, is there any of that that has been beneficial to you and it's totally fine if it is if it hasn't been because i know you were going into a new job where you'd spent very little time but was any of that has any of that been able to drive some positive culture for you are you finding once you got on the ground it was a different reality that required different tools and different thinking
1: uh, Well, yes, the, the immediate answer is yes. And I, I think it's important whenever you step into a new role and you step into a new organization that you take time to gain an appreciation for what has gone on before you got there. I think the mistake right. leaders make so uh, far too often is they come in and whether directly or indirectly, give off a vibe of I'm here to fix everything. I'm here to, to save the day. Uh, follow me you know, I have all the answers. And I I think that's a mistake. And I think that um, you miss out when you don't take some time to appreciate all the positive work that has gone on before you have gotten there. Because no matter what situation anyone's stepping into, chances are there has been some positive work that's gone on. And so I think gaining appreciation for that. Uh, But one of the things that I picked up on pretty early, um, even during my interview process here, was I, I felt like our people uh, needed to heal, you know, uh, coming mm-hmm. to the Northeast, uh, first of all, the education profession, you, you talk about it all the time. Everyone knows all the numbers. Teachers are fighting burnout and they're overextended and, um, just the whole caretakers dilemma thing and just everything that they have going on. And so then you, you amplify that with what we had with COVID over the last couple of years and, in Maryland, the response was a lot different than the response that we had in East Texas,
0: and so uh, <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that's an understatement. But yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 And, 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 and again, that's not meant to be judgment. I know it. Right, Really right. intriguing to see how various regions handle things in 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 extremely different manners. But all that to say that it it had taken its toll, um, and then there had been a little bit of turnover at our school and. I could just get the sense when I had the opportunity to visit with uh the faculty during my interview that healing needed to take place. Um and that the peace of God was something that needed to be embraced and I felt like God had laid that passage, past, excuse me, in Philippians 4 on my heart uh right around that same time. And so uh as we moved into the academy, you know, and, and this has been something that's been on my heart, you know, before that and before this interview process, but just the care of people in education, and so what does that look like? How do we become more intentional about tending to the well-being of our faculty and staff, and and just kind of creating space for them to to be well and 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 do what they can in that? And so working through the tools was very helpful for me because it gave language and even structure to some of the ideas uh, that that I was having and some of the questions. Uh, That I was asking. And so a lot of my time, again, not knowing much about my school or our school, I should say, um, when I was there at the academy, a lot of my time was spent just kind of thinking through what would it look like to prioritize the spiritual well-being and the emotional well-being of uh, our faculty and staff. So my change idea was uh, how do we establish rhythms of spiritual and emotional well-being? and have that come from the, the top down. And so it really meshed well. We're also a, a teaching for transformation school. And so I was able to use the tools to help build out my deep hope uh, as well for Those that are familiar with the teaching for transformation
0: that's great and such an encouragement that you knew this going in and then you've implemented you knew healing was important just even from your interview process and the time you'd spent and then you spent your time doing that that's a that's a great encouragement to see a new leader leaning into that and i loved it since it's a podcast I can't see you on camera but as soon as i asked that question you, <laughs> you reached over for your tools i'm like that was I, you know i thought those could be somewhere in recycling bin or collecting oh. dust somewhere so i, I love that yeah. so what would you say your biggest lesson has been so as an encouragement to people that are either beginning heads of school beginning administrators or even veteran ones uh, what's been your biggest lesson so far in your time at washington christian academy Hmm. just one i know it's tough (laughs) yeah pick one of many but yeah what would be one of maybe your top five What, what what would it be
1: i think the 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 biggest lesson, and this is really just a reminder that keeps coming to the forefront, is to make sure that it starts with you. And what I mean by that is if I am not doing the things necessary to take care of myself, then I'm not going to have anything left over to pour into my faculty, which then in turn, they're not going to have enough to pour over into, into the students. And so just doing the things that attend to, to my, my spiritual, my emotional, my physical well-being, remembering to do that, uh, that would be the biggest lesson because you can't lead from a place that's not true of your life.
0: Yes. Flourishing people lead flourishing communities. And so if we're shriveling up and dying as we try to serve others, mm-hmm. we're actually not serving others well when we don't take care of ourselves. I think right. that's it's a great reminder for all educators right now. I think we've been running 90 miles an hour. You know that's kind of part of the the whole career, but I think over the last few years it's felt a particular level of intensity, and maybe particularly out in Maryland, out east. I know uh, Baltimore uh, public schools. I have a good friend who works there, and just the number of students when COVID hit that just disappeared. They didn't know where they were at. They couldn't find them. That's really disconcerting as an educator who cares for. The children under his or her care that we don't even know where they're at, and so that that toll and then bringing them back in as we have students who have missed a year or two years of instruction and they're developmentally back several years and they've been isolated and on screens with with challenges that we can't even imagine on top of the trauma that is common even under a typical times, so I, I think it becomes very easy as educators to become victims of the tyranny of the urgent, where we're constantly meeting whatever needs we see in front of us. And then we just ignore our families. We ignore our own needs. And so that's a great reminder. So what would you say maybe related or could be separate? What's the toughest challenge you still face as a leader in the, in the middle of the school year?
1: I really do believe that, um, well, I, I'll give two. I, I know you asked for one, but I'm going to give two. That's fine. I think one of them from just a, a student learning side of things is just uh, addressing the gaps that have occurred, whether it's just due to just normal gaps, whether it's due to COVID and, and lost learning time, but just figuring out, okay, how do, you, how do we Filling those gaps, and and really the other thing I've been thinking a lot about and starting to ask questions around is, are we still measuring students in a way that's relevant? Do you know maybe we need to rethink how we're measuring, uh, and uh, the students might just be in a different space right now. But those are those are the questions I'm asking. So that that's one thing. How do we address the gaps that that we're seeing? And then for us specifically, math would be one of those content areas where we're we're seeing some gaps. Uh, and then, on the other side of things, is just the personnel side and again we, we see teachers uh, walking away from the profession um, we, we see teachers you know across the country leaving schools in the middle of the year uh, and and, and that 's very challenging and so you know you don 't want to vilify those individuals because they all have their various reasons for doing so but I, I, I just wonder what can we do to I guess, help stem that tide, create more of a a healthy space for them, because, again, you hear a lot of burnout uh, as one of the main reasons. And so I think those are the the two biggest challenges that I I feel like I'm seeing uh, for us specifically, but even just maybe regionally.
0: That flows into this next question. Well, how have you focused on feedback, engagement and well-being? Let's start with teachers because you mentioned the burnout. But how have you used that as a focus? again, the whole point of just teaching was to simplify what we do in education, bring it back to the core even though it's not simple, because you're doing this for each individual. And when you do that, you're doing it for justice and flourishing. So, I know that's what animates you. But how have you addressed that feedback, engagement, and well-being? Let's start with your educators first, and then we'll jump to students.
1: Okay. So, one of the things that I, I try to do a lot is have informal touch points with our teachers. And it's, you know, it's been interesting. This was something I did in my previous role in my previous job, but just have these check-ins and kind of see what's going on, ask questions, try to get feedback, uh, those kind of things. But one of the things I, here's another lesson learned. One of the things I quickly realized is as the head of school, that, I guess, power dynamic changes. And, and so now sometimes people are a little hesitant at first to give me, I guess, all of the feedback that maybe right. in the past they would have given me. And so trying to figure out how do I, again, build more trust and deepen that relationship and, and and let them know that, hey, I'm here to come alongside the work that you're already doing. And my goal is to support you and 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 help, you know, maybe give you things to think about and, and help encourage you so that you can continue to do the things that you love to do well. And so those check-ins, as I've been doing that throughout the year, Have been one way, uh, a couple times this year. I've sent out some, uh, Google forms to just get some feedback on a few different things. And I made it so that the email addresses weren't collected. And so hopefully, you know, with it being anonymous, uh, they would be more prone to, to give some, some feedback there that, that could be useful. And it has been useful. Uh, the other thing that I was really encouraged about was at the start of the year, I got really good feedback because a good number of our teachers filled out uh, the survey going into the academy. So before I even stepped foot on campus, I was able to see a few things and uh, see some perspectives that they had. So those would be a few ways that uh, just trying to engage the teachers in, in the feedback portion of it.
0: Love that. What you described was being a catalyst for your educators. You said, I wanna come alongside, accelerate the good work they're doing. You had just said, I'm trying to take care of myself so that I don't get used up. And again, the definition of a catalyst is a substance that accelerates a change without itself being used up. And so I'm curious if you've seen your educators in turn doing that for students. So as you think about the way you're trying to serve your educators, modeling that so that they do the same for their students. How have you all been addressing feedback, engagement, and well-being for students?
1: Yeah, so the initial answer is uh, some of the teachers do that. Uh, we have several that are really good at it. And I think for some it just comes a little more natural than others. One of the things that I'm trying to promote and encourage is for those teachers to share what works with them with other teachers. And so we we actually had a faculty meeting um, not too long ago. And we were just talking about students that maybe were a challenge to connect with. And one of our teachers shared some insight into an individual student and, and basically just uh, talked about how, you know, some of the things that this individual student valued and her perception on some things. And I, I remember asking him, you know, hey, share those things with other teachers. You know, it's important that everybody knows that. And so, um, again, the teachers are the ones with the boots on the ground. They're the ones in the work getting it done. And so trying to find ways to create space for them to collaborate and share best practices uh, with each other uh, is, is definitely one way to, to get it done. And I do think that the ones that are doing that are seeing higher levels of engagement with their students in the classroom.
0: That's super encouraging. I always think it's best when educators see other educators working with the same students Mm -hmm. doing things that the other educator observing didn't think was possible. And so I think that's a powerful way to develop professionals and not just do professional development. You're actually developing the professionals that you want as you see them work with kids in ways that are transformational.
1: I'm sorry. I do want to add. yeah,
0: Yeah. One of the things
1: for me that, that I've, Tried to do, and it, it's been it's been enjoyable for me. Is I I talk to our students. It's it's a it's a different role again, um, and I don't get as much face time with the students as I used to in previous roles. And I'm not coaching at the varsity level anymore, and so I don't get that interaction. Uh, but I, I do try to, especially with our high school students, I get out and have conversations, and I ask them questions. And I think earlier in the year there was some hesitancy from students, you know, is this a, is this a setup? Is this a (laughs) trap? But I I think uh, creating a safe space for them to share their perspective with me. And I asked them and, you know, I just engaged a few students this past week. Soon as chapel was over, I pulled two students aside um, and just asked them, Hey, talk to me about what you feel has been better about chapel this year and talk to me about what we can continue to prove on. Um, Mm -hmm. And I visited with the senior uh, the other day, and asked him for some feedback about what he would like to see and what's been good about this year and what's been a challenge. And so, just trying to get their perspective as well, and even just pushing um, our, our 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 faculty and staff to to weigh in on student um, perspective or get student perspective. Excuse me, is another thing that we're trying to do more of.
0: Yeah, student voice is so important, and being a trusted person that they can give you feedback honestly is good you mentioned having to get some anonymous feedback because there is a power dynamic there and i think you have to be very aware of that when you collect the feedback but we have to be asking the questions and the students are the ones we really need to know how this is impacting them so Curious to know what's been the most life giving moment you've had so far as a new head of school? So, if you were to pick, maybe you've had multiple ones, but something that just jumps out at you over the course of this school year that's been life giving to you as a head of school.
1: Absolutely. I think that's an important question because, uh, you know, a a good friend of mine, uh, Joel Hazard, uh, he's a Baylor fellow. Shout out to Joel. Uh, But uh, I I know one of the things that he said before was, you know, and I think he has aspirations of becoming ahead one day. But one of the things he said before, and it really resonated with me, is he hears a lot about the struggles of the job and and the exciting portions or aspects of the job. And, you know, maybe that's deterred him to a certain degree uh, of pursuing it, uh, uh, you know, and I guess. At a quicker pace. And and so I always remembered that when he said that, um, because it is easy for us as, as heads of school to, because we deal with a lot of challenging things, uh, commiserate with each other about those challenging things, <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, right bi-weekly I, I visit with Jay Ferguson and I remember unloading on him one time for about 45 minutes about just <laughs> everything I was struggling with and wrestling with. But then at the end saying, hey Jay, I just want you to know like there's some good things happening too. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. So, right. I do think that's important. And I think for me, one of the one of the things that brings me joy is the opportunity to impact culture and the opportunity you know, to see some of those breakthroughs take place. You know, I, I think one of the biggest compliments I got this year from one of our faculty members was um, he made the comment. He said, you know what, David, I, I don't feel like I work for you. I feel like you work alongside us. And, wow. you know, that was yeah. a huge compliment. It, I took it as a huge compliment because yeah. I felt like he was grasping the essence of what I was hoping to bring to, to, to my mm. role here as head of school. Uh, so just that opportunity to shape culture and, and really invest, you know, one of the things that I, I mentioned to our teachers recently it came out via email, but just a reminder, have a definitive end to the school day. You know, we all have mm. said, you know, if we hear from them, we know it's serious and we we're going to jump on it, but there's some things that, you know what, they can be addressed at seven 30 the next morning. And, and And I think several teachers responded and thanked me, and you know it surprised me a little bit, but just freeing them up to you know, not have that balance because I'm a firm believer when you talk about uh work life integration, but uh, just being able to say, "You know what, my day is over with, and I'm going to go yeah. be with my family or if, if yeah. I don't, you know if I don't have wife or husband or kids, uh, be with the people I love, do the things I enjoy doing."
0: Well, and work-life integration does not mean blurring boundaries in ways that make you work all the time. Yeah. That is not what it's about. It's how do you find it? the life-giving parts where there's overlap? And then Cal Newport writes about this all the time. You need to have a definitive end of the day. He, When he gets up from the computer, he literally says his day is done. He verbalizes it like, I'm done and I will pick this up tomorrow. Again, there are emergencies that happen and heads of school know this, there are things that you can't set aside till 7.30 the next morning, but 99% of the things that are a problem at six o'clock on the evening before, they can be dealt with the next morning at 7.30. And if you try to deal with them all, I always, for a while, I was trying to clear my email box and clear all my issues so I could go to bed feeling like everything was managed. And if you can do that, I question how much you're actually leading and managing the, the idea that you could clear the deck and then be okay. Even, and it's, I'd be, it'd be 11 o'clock at night and I'm cranking through this stuff and then I can't go to sleep and then I'm not as good the next day. And so in the end, you're not even being as productive as you think you are by spending more hours, you actually would do more in 10 hours a day than you do in 16 hours a day hmm. uh, in, the, in the long run. So I think that's good wisdom there and great to model from your position because for teachers to feel like they can do that, they need administrators that do the same and do not expect them to be available 24 seven because that's just not healthy or sustainable. All right, here's our lightning round. I've okay. got four quick questions for you. This is like uh, one word or a sentence answer. So uh, first one one word to describe your well being right now?
1: Contentment.
0: Ah, oh, good word. One sentence that you would use to describe your school. WCA is a
1: school that is in the midst of transformation.
0: Love it. Your word for 2023. Me personally? Yep. Oh, I feel like I would have to qualify it, but... I'll give you a word and a sentence explanation if you want. Okay. Uh, I was going to say curiosity. Ah. And
1: I guess to qualify that, uh, you know, it kind of piggybacks off my last sentence of, you know, us being, you know, going through a transformation. I'm curious to see what God has for us moving forward. Because, you know, while our mission has stayed the same, we're not necessarily who we are used to be, and we're definitely not where we want to be. And, and so just the, there's some curiosities as, as we think through, what does it look like moving forward?
0: Okay, that flows nicely into my last, uh, last two probes. One sentence you would like your parents to use to describe Washington Christian.
1: WCA is a place where your child is going to be known
0: and invested in. Mm. And then one word you'd like your students to use to describe WCA. One word? Sorry, one sentence. You get a whole sentence for this, David. Okay, I'm going (laughs) to give you a word. I can give you a word. but Oh, give me a word. I'll hear the word and the uh, sentence. Go ahead.
1: The word, I, I would love for our students to
0: feel like WCA was a second home. Okay. Love it. Now, that says a lot. That says a lot. Well, knowing you, I think that's the kind of culture that you will build and the working with instead of working for. I definitely see that in you. So I just want you to know you've got some uh, big cheerleaders in Texas rooting for you and we will support you any way we can. So thanks for taking the time. I know how busy you are. I really appreciate you taking time with us today.
1: Thank you, John. It's been my pleasure and I appreciate the support from you and everyone else at Baylor and everyone who's invested in me. Uh, to help get me to this point. I would not be here. I'm very, I'm such an unlikely person to be in this role. And so uh, a lot of people have played a huge part in helping me get to this point. Thank
0: you. I hope you appreciated David's confident humility and the spirit of working with rather than for that the people that he works with at his school describe. I think that's sometimes unusual for heads of school where many people feel like they work for that person. Instead, he's coming alongside and working with. Also notice how he highlighted others even in the conversation and the impact that they've had on him. He truly is a catalyst, and these kinds of catalysts give me hope for the future of schools. So have a great week in the profession that makes all others possible. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Baylor Center for School Leadership. Join us for our Just Schools Academy this June, where we will use Dr. Eckert's book, Just
1: Teaching, to do better work together.